All right. Here we go. This is the third episode in three days of Inappropriate Earl. And uh, it is uh, kind of a special one. It'll be a real quick one, which is kind of funny because yesterday was, I believe, maybe the longest one I've ever done with the great Tony Bartoloni. Uh, rising star of roast battle. We, I think it was like two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, and today I'm just going to do, um, I'll, I might be ripping off uh, Chris D'Elia, Will Sasso, and Brian Callen's a 10 minute podcast because uh, I'm just going to give my thoughts on the maybe the most watched debate in uh, presidential debate history last night. We had uh, the Donald, Donald Trump, and the Hillary, Hillary Clinton. And it was amazing. You know, many of you know me that I rarely watch things uh, from start to finish. You know, I'll watch 20, 30 minutes here, go to the gym, come back, watch another 20, 30 minutes. Uh, you know, but uh, this was so intriguing on so many different levels. And, uh, you know, because you had completely opposite styles. You know, Donald Trump, almost an improv debater, didn't really prepare. And uh, Hillary Clinton, almost overprepared. So you knew that this debate was going to favor one or the other there wasn't going to be anything in between you know it's kind of like a, a fastball pitcher and a knuckleball catcher one of them is going to have a better day the other isn't and trump started out well you know that i would say about the first half hour when it was uh primarily financial talk and that's his wheelhouse uh he was i'd give him the slight edge and then about a half hour in it started getting into foreign policy talk and you know that would be like me trying to do a breakdown of uh, morrissey's uh, discography uh you know after talking about rat for the first half hour I was, uh, you know, not impressed with his foreign policy, uh, you know, mindset. And, uh, you know, whether you like Hillary Clinton or not, she knows her shit. She's a career politician, 30 years. I think this was her uh, 30th debate. So she's pretty polished. And that polish uh, definitely uh, came through versus Trump's uh, you know, he kind of had that deer in the headlight look in his eyes at times. He was grunting. He was at one point he was trying to find the water to drink and look like the leaning tower of pizza. Uh, you know, and he just looked overall very uncomfortable. So, uh, you know, maybe it was just first debate jitters. I mean, I can't imagine, I'm not criticizing either candidate for being nervous. I mean, my God, you know, I can't imagine the, the pressure knowing that upwards of 100 million people were watching this, basically half the country. And, 
you know, I don't think debates really sway anyone. Like, I don't think even though Hillary, in my opinion, won the debate and she didn't kill him, uh, but I think she won. And uh, I don't think she swayed any voters. I don't think anyone who was on the fence about her is like, I'm going to vote for her now. And I don't think Trump lost any voters. I mean, he definitely, uh, you know, the people who are going to vote for him, you know, he could walk out in a Nazi outfit and that would probably help get him votes. I mean, he has the, uh, this golden ticket persona where he can say anything and his numbers go up, you know, he can call John McCain a, a bad POW, you know, and his numbers went up 7% that week. You know, he could call Ben Carson an average brain surgeon and his numbers go up that week. Uh, you know, I mean, there are no average brain surgeons. You either are a good one or you don't do it. Um, and it's got to be so weird for Trump knowing that literally probably half your party doesn't want you to win. And it's really not his party. He's not a Republican. Uh, and I thought Hillary was great because, you know, I think after about, like I said, the, the half hour mark, uh, she knew she was about to get into her wheelhouse. And then he kind of was interrupting a lot. And I thought that did not look good. You know, he came off a little chauvinistic and uh, wouldn't let her talk and uh, or was trying to, like, interrupt her flow. And you could slowly start to see the old Donald, uh, you know, creep in. And you could just tell he was, I mean, I'll give him this. He was definitely more restrained than I thought he would. But then in the spin room after, you know, he was like, well, I could have hit her on the her husband stuff, which like is insane to me. Like Bill Clinton fucking interns and other broads. What does that have to do with Hillary? I mean, you know, it just shows you the weakness of his, you know, overall presidential uh, campaign, you know, where you have to talk about stuff that's pretty irrelevant. And I probably lean more towards Trump than I do Hillary. I mean, I'm not going to vote for either one in full disclosure. And a lot of people give me that old line, well, if you don't vote, you shouldn't really have a choice. Uh, that sound you just heard was my AOL, AOL alert email. That's right. I still have AOL. AOL's the best if you like getting... Uh, AOL is the only uh, email uh, service where you get spam in your regular inbox, you know. So you can imagine what the spam in the spam box at AOL is. Uh, so, oh, great. It's an email about a comedy show I'm not on. I've never understood that. Why do comedy promoters send you an email that said, hey, you're a comic. Here's a show I didn't book you on. Uh, but, hey, that's, that's another uh, podcast, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, long story short, I thought uh, Hillary won. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think she killed him. I mean, I think for someone who, you know, has so much more experience uh, than her opponent, I thought uh, that, you know, Trump 
you know, it didn't do as bad as I thought. But in fairness to Hillary, you know, I think the bar is so low for Trump on these debates that, you know, not getting blown out is almost a victory for him. So it's kind of unfair to Hillary. I mean, I think everyone on either side of the party is essentially like, you know, she's in a no-win situation. She kills him. It's like, well, you should have killed him. And if it's like last night, you know, you beat him. Well, you didn't beat him by as much as you could have. So, you know, these debates really are a no-win situation for her. And, uh, you know, Trump, it's almost a no-lose situation, as long as he doesn't get blown out. But my fear is that, uh, you know, although Trump is tweeting out he won and, you know, the hashtag Trump won is like trending right now on Twitter. Uh, you know, he knows deep down he didn't win. You know, he does. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been hinting at dropping uh, Bill Clinton bombs two minutes after the the battle was over. I guess I should say debate. But this really was like a high-end roast battle last night. I was expecting to see Brian Moses as the moderator. And by the way, Lester Holt, Jesus Christ. I mean, I thought Lester Holt, I'll be honest, and once again, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I don't like either party. They're all full of shit. They just say what you want them to say, and then as soon as you vote them in, they turn their back on you. Uh, but I thought Lester Holt, you know, he didn't really seem to go after Hillary as much as he did Trump. You know, uh, he seemed to really have some follow-up questions for Trump, you know, on the taxes and and whatnot, where with Hillary, he didn't really have any follow-ups on, say, the email or, or Benghazi. He just kind of let her go. Um, and a, a, a good moderator, I think, should moderate. And I think if I had to guess based on uh, last night's performance, I would say Lester Holt leans to the left, which is fine, you know. But it's, you know, somewhat unfair to the Republican candidate. But, you know, Trump lost, and now he's blaming it on the microphone. You know, unbelievable. You know, listen, if you're in a shitty band and you're the singer, you could look behind you and blame the drummer or look to your side and blame the bass player or guitar player. But, you know, if you have a shitty performance on a debate, you, I guess, well, I guess the microphone is the only other person you could blame. But uh, there was no faulty mic. And now he's complaining about the mic was, uh, he had to bend down too much. And Hillary's mic was the right level. It's like, you know, when you're complaining about that stuff, you know the candidate knows he lost. So, uh, you know, the, the next debate is, uh, I think it's in two weeks. It's going to be a fun one. I know the vice presidential debate is, uh, I think, October 4th, which is next Tuesday. But, uh I mean, I don't think I can recall two vice presidents with so little personality. I mean, uh, you know, this is going to be like watching two straws behind a microphone um, stare at each other. Uh, you know, you got to feel bad for both of these guys because they basically have to cover up for all the bullshit of the their running mates. You know, Tim Kaine has to you know, answer all these questions about emails and servers and Benghazi and Bill Clinton. And, you know, Pence has to, you know, it seems like almost on, he probably has the tougher job because, you know, you never know what Trump's going to say on a daily basis and, you know, global warming, you know, 
got to defend tweets from six years ago. And, you know, he, you know, Trump's a, you know, almost like a pro wrestler. You know, you have to really like, you know, be on guard 24 seven with the, the crap that comes out of his mouth. And, uh, you know, so two more debates for Trump to get back in the game. Uh, the scary thing is I don't think he's going to change his uh, preparation mode. You know, he's just going to wing it. And, uh, you know, you can catch magic when you wing it. I've certainly had comedy sets where I've just freestyled it and, and they've been some of my better sets ever. And then, uh, you know, I've had some improv comedy sets where I bombed because I fed off the energy of the crowd like i think trump does uh which you know the next debate is a town hall format and uh he might fare better you, you know with basically the crowd asking the questions um so i'm sure uh you know his improv style is probably better suited towards a town hall uh style but uh you know, the, the bummer about last night was, you know, Hillary, I thought, was great because she really baited him. And she didn't bait him right away. She waited and waited. And, and that's where you saw her experience pay off over his, you know, and she jabbed him a little bit, little baby jabs about the businesses and the bankruptcies. And then she saved the... Uh, you know, the knockout blow of the Miss America, you know, the girl he called, you know, fat and, you know, uh, she kind of forced him into the bringing up Rosie O'Donnell, which is probably the only time in, you know, presidential uh, debate history that Rosie O'Donnell or any talk show host was brought up uh, as a relevant part of the uh, discussion. So... Uh, this is an election season unlike I think any we've ever and will ever see again. Um, you know, and it's just great. You know, you have two of the most unlikable, maybe the two most unlikable candidates in the history of uh, presidential elections. Uh, you know, and both candidates are so unlikable that the other unlikable candidate actually has a chance of winning. Um, I mean, you and these political, uh, you know, commentators on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, of course, uh, you know, the way they stick up for these people, it's embarrassing, you know, that grown, you know, Ivy League educated commentators have to sit there and look into millions of people's eyes and tell you to vote for Trump or Clinton. You know, I love how Trump has these female political operatives who have to say nice things about him, you know, which almost goes to show you his genius that he could get, you know, these obviously incredibly smart women like Kellyanne Conway to <laughs> say, yeah, Trump's great, vote for him. And then, you know, you cut to him saying, you know, women can't be tens if they don't have big tits or you know, Rosie O'Donnell's a pig and a slob and it's just, you know, incredible that he can get people to stump for him. Women, you know, he was kind of funny last night, you know, some of these debates are decided on the one-liners and uh, both candidates had 
decent one-liners. I mean, I think Trump was talking about ISIS and saying the next wave of ISIS could be some 400-pounder on his couch. I'm sure he uh, lost the Midwest vote making fun of fat people on their couch. And, you know, Hillary uh, had some pretty good zingers herself. Although I think the zingers, you know, probably more suited towards Trump because he's, you know, we all remember in the Republican debates, you know, Little Marco, Low Energy Jeb, Lion Ted. Um, but it's hard for him to do that against Hillary because she's going to look like a bully. And even he's aware of that. You can't, you know, it's kind of like roast battle. You know, when a guy's going up against a girl, you got to be real careful how you attack them. And uh, because you look like a bully. And that's on a show that basically is about uh, bullying your opponent into submission. You still can't look like a bully doing it. Got to be cool. So, uh, you know, the second debate's uh, going to be interesting to see if Trump changes or not. Uh, my guess is he won't. And, uh, you know, Hillary's, I think, going to get stronger. Uh, unfortunately, I think she saw what worked and what didn't last night. And really, not much didn't work for her. Uh, I mean, she just has to kind of... She's lucky because I think Trump is such a wild card and he's got such an ego that she just has to maintain, you know, status quo and he'll hang himself. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, and it should be very interesting. So this is a real short, inappropriate Earl, but I just wanted to get this off my chest and, uh, you know where we are, SoundCloud and iTunes. You know, I don't talk about politics too much on this show just because, uh, you know, as a comic, you never want to alienate half your crowd. You know, if you talk bad about Republicans, your Democratic listeners are like, well, fuck you, and, and vice versa. So, uh, you know, I think I'm the perfect guy to do a podcast like this because I don't like either side. So I don't think I'm offending either side, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a wild next, I think 45 days till the election. So, uh, you know, I think probably the moment I knew Donald Trump was losing last night was when he brought up Sean Hannity's name six times in like literally two minutes. I'm like, Oh boy. If you had a drinking game going last night for every time Trump said, Sean Hannity, you would have been plastered uh, pretty early on. And uh, so uh, that would be if I was his uh, advisor going, uh, yeah, don't mention uh, Sean Hannity's name. You're trying to win. I mean, he's, Sean Hannity's probably the most unlikable, uh, you know, political commentator out there because he's so, like, obvious in his love for the Republican Party, which is fine, you know, but... You know, when he works for Fox News uh, and, you know, they're not fair and balanced, uh, you, know, you know, MSNBC leans to the left, CNN leans to the left, uh, but they're kind of open about it. You know, I don't think MSNBC is, you know, too, uh, I don't think they cover up, you know, who they're voting for. I mean, every host on there just rips the Republican Party and, you know, but they don't have commercials saying we're down the middle here at MSNBC. So, uh, you know, but Fox News, they, they're like, we're fair and balanced. Come on, man. I mean, the, the only 
guy they have ever had on uh, the Democratic side of the fence on Fox News was Alan Combs, and he hasn't been on there for a long time. So I think Alan Combs' radio show has about as many listeners as this podcast. What the fuck? So, uh, you know, it's just they're all full of shit. The politicians, the political commentators. I mean, I love that guy, Jeffrey Lure on CNN. He's like Trump's biggest fan. And, you know, clearly Trump had lost last night. And he's like, oh, no, he won. I think he did great. It's like, what are these people watching, man? Uh, so it's kind of funny. But uh, I love you guys all. This has been the probably maybe the only political episode ever of Inappropriate Earl. And uh, Stevie Rochelle from Tough Metal Sludge. He was awesome on Monday. And then uh, today I released Tony Bartoloni, one of the rising stars of Roast Battle. So check both those out. We got a few more coming this week. And uh, you guys have been awesome with the love and support. So I thank you guys very much. This has been Political Talk with Inappropriate Earl. Yeah.